0: I want to thank our sponsors, Athletic Greens, who created AG1, one of the most innovative packets of supplements, including 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. These ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. I personally started using Athletic Greens and love the way I feel in the morning after I drink it, and I no longer have energy crashes throughout the day. And the best part is that it's delicious. The founder of Athletic Greens created AG1 because he experienced a ton of gut health and ended up on a complicated and expensive supplement routine to recover. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/yasmine again that is athleticgreens.com/yasmine y a s m e e n to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, my name is Yasmin Tarehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Today's episode is with Sunny Justice, whose life has been an action-packed ride from model to fashion mogul, business executive, to chief pollinator at Bird's Bees, art collector to author and temple builder to meditation guide, Sunny lives to pioneer and evolve the rules. She also says that how we choose to contribute is the essential knowing, and one question that serves Sunny well is, does it serve the highest good of everyone involved? I love that so much. She was also the chief pollinator of Burt's Bees for 12 years, credited as the creator of the cult that drove the company to its position as the world's leading natural skincare company. I'm so excited to welcome Sunny to the show. I listened to her, a book mugged by God, which was so delightful. So welcome to the show, Sunny.
1: Yasmeen, thank you. You are so precious. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So uh, Sunny, uh, just to kick it off,
0: I'd love to know what does leading a life of authenticity mean to you?
1: Well, you know, that is such an interesting question. And it's like a subject that you can just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into. And because you had, you know, graciously forwarded me a few of these questions. I've been thinking about it for days and it keeps unfolding in different ways. And so it's like today I might have told you that I felt that authenticity in this day and age might be something as simple as having a phone conversation with someone instead of sending them a message so that you can hear the inflection in their voice and you can feel the emotion of their conversation instead of us being so singular in our communication with one another. It's like almost every way we communicate now through texting and messaging feels relatively inauthentic. So it's like, Hmm, that's interesting. And then it was like yesterday, you know, God bless this whole situation. But one of my adult daughter's best friends died and my daughter's grief is so authentic, you know, as I listen to her heart anguish, it doesn't really get more authentic than that, you know, and, um, it, Then I think about my life. When am I most authentic? And I've come to the conclusion when I'm dancing is probably when I'm the most authentic person I ever am. I'm, I don't care what other people think. I'm just completely at ease with myself. And, you know, so since I've been having all these experiences of what is authentic, I, I kind of came up with this, this idea that our current belief system typically equates authentic with conscious. Mm. You know, I think like in the new age world, that's how like, are you leading an authentic life means are you being super conscious is how I would normally <laughs> interpret that. And Um, I believe that that viewpoint is not only incomplete, I also think it's a bit judgmental. And so when I step back from that, I think I am a soul having a human experience. And every human is going to experience things in their life that will include shallowness, and sluggishness, and density, and dark times. And if these times are then considered inauthentic, because maybe we're not being super conscious because we're being totally dense, then I believe that's like total self-judgment. And here we are beating ourselves up for that instead of moving into self-love and letting people really um allow it to be you know right Right. we have to like somehow we have to name everything now and give titles to everything and we're constantly measuring ourselves on a scale of are we good enough are we doing it right and quite frankly I think that's really harmful because You know, I'm in my mid-60s now, and it's probably the first time in my life that I've truly, actually loved myself. I mean, that's pretty cool. That only took 65 years, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But I'm beginning to see that self-love is actually a superpower. You know, and if we wish to have a deeper, richer, more authentic life, and more authentic divine experiences in our life, then I believe self-love is really the path to an authentic life. Because when we get into self-love, we have to move into a state called ahimsa, A-H-I-M-S-A, which means no harm. You know, it's like we can't continue to do ourselves harm. And we can't let other people deconstruct us and do harm to us as well. And so, you know, because often people have said to me, how do you get to self-love? And I think it starts with mental ahimsa. You know, that's got to be step one where we stop saying unkind things to ourselves. (laughs) Amen. <laughs> because typically no one's ever unkinder to us than we are. You know, I certainly know no one has ever been as unkind to me as I have been to myself. And if I ever said the things that I say to myself to other people, I would not have a friend in the world.
0: So, Sunny, I want to pause there and ask, like, how did you shift your worldview into one of self-love? You know, especially... You know, given all the the different experiences you've had over the years, like how did you – was it training yourself or like was it just kind of a, a shift that happened one day? Uh, what did you do to sort of cultivate that level of self-love?
1: Well – I mean, I think I've explored it, like I said, you know, for 65 years, wondered what it was, often thought it might be getting massages. (laughs) So, so, you know, I explored all those avenues. (laughs) But, you know, I think at a certain point, you know, you just finally come to the realization that, you know, I am the one that is most unkind to myself. Like, I really had to take a deep dive into that. And, you know, I do think probably it started with a lot of work in doing womb healing, like healing where the light enters my body. Cause I've done a lot of heart work my whole life, but now I started doing womb work as well as like pineal activation. And so it's like pieces of the puzzle. You know, it's all pieces of the puzzle, but I can tell you for sure that the path of self-love is the, the path that you lie down in order to walk an authentic experience, because then you're not viewing it through anyone else's point of view. And I think that's what really makes it authentic or not. Like, are you wearing a mask are you judging yourself? Are you allowing others to judge you? Or can you come from a place where your heart is open and you're at peace with yourself as much as we can be in the human experience? You know, if we were supposed to be God in this life, we'd still be God. <laughs> you know, right. we came here to be human and to see if we can remember that we're actually divine while we're in a human body. So, you know, it's just like such a beautiful, interesting, deep, rich question, but I really urge people not to beat themselves up if they're going through, you know, a dark time, a shallow time, a dense time, like, oh, I'm so inauthentic. It's like, no, dive deep into that experience, love it, forgive it, move through it. It's all authentic human experience for your soul.
0: Mm, beautiful, beautiful, Sunny. Yeah, I, I love, I love that so much. It just comes from a place of deep forgiveness um, and also just acceptance of self. Because I, I, think we do as a society and a culture, we put a lot of pressure on, you know, uh, the the low lower moments of the human experience, or you know, maybe a better word, or the more difficult moments of the human experience. Uh, Sunny, I want to talk a little bit about the relationship that you had with your mother and your sister and how that shaped you. Um,
1: I I do believe that we choose our family and I chose extraordinarily well in this life to have the members of my family be such loving soulmates that they could even be... Um, you know, difficult, you know, not always feeling like (laughs) we were in the same alignment. So, you know, my mother who is in heaven now is, was the most traditional human that could ever exist. And I was born to break all rules. And so needless to say, my sheer presence caused her great agita in her life. And so, you know, it was always a difficult um, situation, you know, particularly when you're not close with one of your parents and you have difficulty relating to them. Um, My oldest sister, Lori, was born a normal, healthy baby. Again, she was the oldest of our family. And when she was eight months old, she developed cancer. She got a massive brain tumor in her tiny little head. And by the grace of God, she survived, which they never expected her to. But through removing the massive tumor and intense fevers and everything they had to do to her, she ended up mentally handicapped. And so, of course, my sister was handicapped for my whole life since she was my older sister. I never knew her in any other manner than that. And the reality of what happened to my sister is that they basically removed all of her ego. And so I got the opportunity to literally grow up with an angel in a human body. Because an angelic being is one that has no ability to judge. Because, you know, interestingly enough, that is really the only one difference between us and divinity is that, you know, God will never, ever forgive you because God never, ever judges you. Forgiveness is only necessary once judgment is put in place. Divinity does not judge. Humans do. So this is our big gap between us and divinity is our constant judgment. Then hence our need to forgive the judgment. And it's a vicious cycle. So. I got to grow up with a sister who was incapable of judgment, incapable of ego. She had no ability to think in that manner. So, of course, she became my greatest teacher of pointing out innocently my biggest flaws (laughs) and doing it with love and innocence. You know, she was just the greatest mirror of all time. So, you know, between my mother who had um a very difficult time um understanding me and my path and my sister who was my constant mirror and teacher, being that I asked God in this life to become more holy, I could not have picked better teachers. <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> could not have picked better teachers. And so I'll share this beautiful story with you because it completely changed my life and changed my relationship with my mother, which was not going well. And, you know, the longer it went on and the older I got, the more tension there was. So it it was very sad and a very um, strained relationship. So at the time I was working at Burt's Bees, I was traveling to Chicago for a business trip, My friend was picking me up and we had intended to go to dinner. And when she picked me up at the airport, she said that she had been able to get two tickets to go to this um, private talk with the Dalai Lama. Now, at this time, the Dalai Lama was very young. The Tibetan cause was very new, but certainly I had heard of it. And probably the Dalai Lama was in his 30s then 30s 40s maybe but a young man so we go to this intimate theater it's about 200 seats and he's standing on the stage he's the only one and he's got on his saffron and burgundy gown and he's got these brown plastic shoes on and his english is um you know moderate he's got he's got moderately good english and so this is a question and answer session. People are asking him questions and he's answering. And after a certain period of time, the, a man further down in the same row I'm sitting, is waving his hand like really violently. And he's called upon. And with all of this just angst and anger, he says to the Dalai Lama or kind of screams to the Dalai Lama, how can you not hate the people of China they have killed your men raped your women stolen your children destroyed your temples how can you not hate them and he was raging and in that moment the Dalai Lama put his hands together and he looked down at his brown plastic shoes and he said nothing And he stayed that way for maybe like three to four minutes, which is super long on a stage by yourself. And during that time, for the first time in my whole life, I saw a human being start to grow a physical aura. So this golden light started emanating from his head and came out around his shoulders like a halo you know that's the only way I can describe it and I said to the friend that I went with do you see that and she's like what and and so I I didn't say another word and I just watched his halo grow and eventually he looked up and he said oh no you don't understand I love the people of China, for without them, I could have never, ever learned to be this compassionate. Wow. Wow. Oh my God, in that moment, my life changed. It was like the Dalai Lama has China and I have my mother. Wow. Wow. That's such a beautiful story. Sunny. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so moved. Wow. I mean, it's life-changing because she went from being my burden to being my gift. It was like, of course, she was helping me grow my ability to be compassionate. So she ended up becoming like my best friend because I simply shifted my perspective of her role in my life. And our spiritual connection became so close you know, for the last 20 years of her life, we became best friends. So it was, that was one of the greatest gifts of my entire life. Wow. The Dalai Lama. (laughs) Yes.
0: wow. What a beautiful story, Sunny. Um, And such a a great reminder to everyone listening that some of our uh, most difficult relationships are often our biggest teachers. And there is a a level of grace involved with that. So Sunny, I want to talk about your position as chief pollinator at Birds Bees. And you were also credited as the creator of the cult that drove the company to its position as the world's leading natural skincare company. Can you tell us about that journey and what it meant to be a chief pollinator?
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, So it was very interesting because prior to Burt's Bees, I was one of the team that founded Bath and Body Works and Victoria's Secret Fragrance Shops and a whole lot of chemically derived personal care products. And I personally would not use any of those products because I only use natural products. You know, the skin is the largest organ of your body and you do ingest everything you apply topically. So my personal rule of thumb is I won't apply anything to my skin that I wouldn't put in my mouth and eat. So I was at complete odds with my work life and my personal beliefs. So, hence, the universe stepped in to make sure that I would balance those karmic scales. So, um, I met Roxanne, who is the founder of Birds Bees, and when I met her, we were introduced through a mutual friend, and... I had personally tried their lip balm that used to be sold in a terracotta pot at Henry Bendel's in New York <laughs> City. <laughs> oh, wow. And I had, I had loved it, but like they kept saying, send the pot back and we'll refill it and send it to you. And I did it like three times and they never sent it back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this company really needs my help. <laughs> and so, you know, when I joined them, they were still um, predominantly a honey company. They were selling candles and honey. And Roxanne really wanted to turn Burt's Bees into a natural skincare company. So that's when I joined them. So she was queen bee and I was chief (laughs) pollinator. (laughs) So, we were the two people in charge of the company. So, I was in charge of like sales, marketing, public relations. Basically, she made, she's a good witch. You know, she really is an alchemist when it comes to natural products. So, she was doing, you know, formulating, she was much more interested in that. And I was growing the business. And so, yes, you know, basically, I traveled constantly. Um, all of the U S Canada, Europe, everywhere. And so I went around everywhere, you know, teaching everyone the difference between natural skincare products and chemically derived skincare products. And so that we never spent a penny on advertising. We did everything through education, everything through education, Because we were kind of pioneering natural skincare. It didn't really exist at the time. Whole Foods, none of those stores existed. You know, when we began this, we were still selling Burt's Bees through gift stores at the very beginning because health food stores did not exist. And so it was an amazing, amazing ride. You know, you don't get an opportunity many times in your life to create startups that pioneer and change in industry that become billion dollar companies and that, you know, also become the, the largest player within that entire industry. So it was an incredible honor. And I encourage everyone to, after you listen to this, I want you to go in your bathroom and I want you to pick up every skincare product that's in your bathroom and read the ingredients and if you wouldn't put it in your mouth and eat it, then you should throw it in the trash because you are eating it by putting it on your skin. And there's plenty of healthy, natural, good for you products. You don't have to put chemicals on your skin. And, you know, it's an organ. Treat it like an organ, not a surface. That's my advice for having healthy, beautiful skin for a long time to come. (laughs) Amazing.
0: So Sunny, what do you use for your skincare
1: line? Well, I use about 20 different things from different companies because, you know, I'm constantly exploring and trying things. Um, I have done skincare classes recently cause people always ask me what I use. And it's very difficult because I'm don't say, oh, I use this one brand, you know? Um, so, but more importantly than really what you use, as long as you're using natural, healthy products, more importantly is like how you use them. Because for example, I think it's virtually impossible to buy a moisturizer that, is perfectly suited for your skin. So like every day when I apply a moisturizer, I put the moisturizer in my palm. I put some additional oils that I want to add in my palm. I put rose water in my palm. I make it richer and more lightweight because you can't do all of those things ahead of time to products and then sell them because you'd have to put so many preservatives into them if that was the case. You know, and so I always make it richer, richer because my skin loves rich. You know, but you can make things more lightweight one day, richer the next day, but it's virtually impossible to find one product that will suit your skin's needs. So remember, you can mix it all right in your hand and always add water to any moisturizers you're putting on. It makes them more lightweight. You use less, it absorbs quicker. You know, but you can't add water ahead of time because water grows bacteria and then you have to preserve it. Mm, But you can add water on the spot. So... Add a few extra oils, add a few, you know, mix two creams that you love, put a dash of oil in it, a few squirts of rose water, mix it all up and you're in lushness. Mm.
0: I love (laughs) that. Okay. I'm going to have to find uh, this this list of 20 different things that you use. (laughs) I'm super (laughs) curious. So Sunny, I'd like to understand what inspires you right now? You know, what's, what are you, what are you tracking right now at this point in your life?
1: Um, being of service is really the thing that attracts me the most. Um, I read this incredible book that was, um, um, channeled from people that have passed and many of the people in the book were famous and they specifically did it because they knew their fame would gain attention to this information And whether it was people from like Albert Einstein to Marilyn Monroe, when you read all of their different uh, messages from the other side, basically the one thing they said in retrospect is they wish they had been kinder. Mm. And so every day, like I really look for opportunities of how can I be kinder? And we know that the world is so such in desperate need of this right now. But I think it's a great practice. And the book is called Great Minds Speak to Us by Tina Spillman. Wow. I Oh Spalding. Tina Spalding. Sorry. That's right. Great
0: name. Minds Speak to Us.
1: Yes. And it's all channeled. And it's all famous people literally from the time of Jesus up until modern day.
0: Wow. Uh, that is so moving and so touching. That concept of wishing, uh, you know, that one could have been kinder. Um, you know, that's that's so beautiful and such a reminder to us each day. Um, I'd like to also know, Sunny. You know, what sort of things have surprised you the most on this journey? <laughs>
1: that that it hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> I'm so, you know, I have died four times and they keep bringing me back. So I think I'm most surprised (laughs) that I'm still here, but you know, it's just such an awesome blessing and glory to be here, even through the chaos and the craziness, you know, there's so much beauty, there's so much opportunity for gratitude. And, you know, we have to remember always that we are a soul having a human experience. You know, we never stop being a soul. We never leave our divinity. We never leave that life. We think we do. And then when we die, we think we actually, you know, when we die in human form, we think we're gone. But actually, we've just come back to our true self. So it's its a glorious adventure. <laughs> Enjoy it until you die. <laughs>
0: Oh, amazing. Sunny. Could you also talk to us about uh, this concept of soul chats and, and what what you're trying to do and accomplish with that?
1: Well, I started it on Facebook. So if anybody, I'm not big on social media, but I am on Facebook. If you want to be my friend, I'm the only Sunny Justice on Facebook. So that makes it easy. Um, I started it offering people the opportunity to have individual chats with me. If they were seeking spiritual guidance, spiritual wisdom, grandmother wisdom, and I just call them soul chats. And so when I first started offering it, you know, many, many people requested to have soul chats. So I will offer it now through this beautiful podcast. Um, People can connect with me. You can put my email at the bottom of this a page it's very easy sunny at lovedaily.com and um, it's all by donations so whatever you choose to do you do but I'm I'm here to be of service so if you're feeling like you need some some guidance some wisdom some support um, please feel free to reach out to me
0: mm, thank you so much sunny I I so appreciate that I think a lot of people are really you know, in need of that kind of wisdom, and especially given your background and all the experiences you've had, you know,
1: I'm like, well, I need some soul guidance. (laughs) (laughs) Just message me, girl. We'll set up an appointment. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, Oh, Sunny. I was wondering
0: also, you know, I'm curious if there's like a poem or, you know, set of principles that have really resonated with you and perhaps you could tell us
1: why. Um, I don't think so much a poem, but a motto. It's like five words that actually dictate my life now. You know, it took me a while to get to these five words, but once I became clear with them, then there was a shift, and now they are my motto. And those five words are go within or go without. So, anytime I'm going without, whether I'm going without peace or joy or um, financial stability or happiness, when I'm going without, I know that I have to go within because everything that I seek all, you know, it's like people say, what books do you love? What this it's like, there's a lot of great ones. You'll find them at the right point in your life, but eventually everything is within already, you know, instead of searching without and spending 10 hours, reading self-help books, spend one hour deeply going within and hanging out with your soul. You know, uh, this is where we get the real answers because the brain of our soul is about six million times stronger than the brain in our head. You know, there's there's so much wisdom and all-knowing within that soul brain. So the more we can quiet our mind and go within our heart, go within. Mm. So we don't go without. And I mean, it's like so simple. You know, I love how God just makes it so easy. It's like, okay, let me tell you this, like go within or go without. I love it. <laughs> it's like, I love yeah. it. So there you go. Okay. It's kind of like breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> be- yeah. Because if you forget to do that, enlightenment won't really be an issue. <laughs> Oh,
0: I I love that, Sunny, and I'm going to write that down and, uh, you know, practice it myself. You know, sometimes like the things that are so simple are actually the hardest to actually integrate in your life. So I I so appreciate that. I'm also, you know, curious, you spoke about uh, one of the books that really made an impression on you. Are there any mentors or anyone else in your life that have really shaped you and to become the woman and the person that you are today that you want to just refer to right
1: now um well gosh in the very beginning i think the neil donald walsh conversations with god books really opened my mind and heart to a whole different way to communicate with divinity so they were very influential to me in the beginning of my practice i would say that now um there's a, a a hawaiian practice of forgiveness and reconciliation called ho'oponopono and It's become like a regular part of my life because if you do believe in the circle of life, which I do, so whatever thought you have creates in your energy field, it's in that circle. If it's a thought of judgment or unkindness or anger or hate or something, it stays in your karmic circle until you have either experienced it and released it or done the forgiveness work. So that encourages you to judge less because you have a lot (laughs) less forgiveness work to do if you judge less. But if you're still in the whole judging process, then like while I'm cleaning my pool, because, you know, this practice, it's it's four lines of prayers. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. So it integrates the four aspects of divinity. Love. I love you. I'm sorry, which takes responsibility for oneself and is offering their regret for anything that they or their ancestors or anything that's ever happened to them might be done. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me is asking for your forgiveness. And then thank you is showing gratitude. So these are all the aspects of divinity one needs in something so easy and quick. And I don't just do it for me. I'm doing it for all humanity. As I'm doing those prayers, I'm doing it for my ancestors, my neighbors, my village, the world. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I just let my body be a cleansing and healing tool when I'm in those times of day where I don't have to be consciously, you know, doing something like I'm cleaning the pool or gardening I just keep repeating that and I think it's pretty powerful. There's a great book called Zero Limits. Um that talks about this practice and this prayer and I think it's a great thing we can all do to lift everyone up and to do the healing work that needs to be done.
0: Amen. Amen. Sunny, I love that so much. I think forgiveness is something um is, that's so deeply healing and uh I um, recently uh, facilitated a forgiveness circle, um, which was based on oh my gosh, I forget his name now. Very famous author, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it was so deeply healing, and I love the hopo. Opo, is it called hopo poono? I've I heard of it, but
1: yes, it's it's always a difficult one. It's a mouthful of um o's. Ho no Ho Okay i have to
0: Napa practice no. that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so Sunny, I'd love for you to tell our listeners, you know, what, are you, what do you want to tell them actually about your main takeaway and what's your kind of call to
1: action for our audience moving forward? Um, I want you all to know that though I have never met you personally, you truly have my love. And if I can be of service to you, that is my greatest honor. And I look forward to us all treating each other with this type of deep love and respect. Because wherever you are in the world, you are my brother, my sister, my child, my parent, we're all one. And I honor you and I look forward to the time that I will meet some of you in person. Until then, I share my heart and soul with you. Oh,
0: that's so sweet, Sunny. Thank you so much. And where can people find you? Like where where can they find you
1: on the web? Um, like literally Facebook, and you know, my name is spelled Sunny with an E, S-U-N-N-E, Justice, or Sunny at is my email. Those are about the only ways to connect with me.
0: Okay. Amazing. Amazing. We'll leave them in the show notes so that people can find you. Thank you so much for your time, Sunny. This is
1: (laughs) so lovely to connect with you. I just love you, goddess. And I so appreciate the laughs and the, the heartfelt joy. Thank you so much for having oh, me. Thank you so
0: much, Sunny.
1: And for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening.
0: In this episode, we learned about entrepreneurship, the creation of birds, bees, and how to find yourself with Sunny Justice. You can tune into Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again.